Welcome, everyone. There we go. Happy hey, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. We are your hosts of Typically Divergent Podcast. But what are our names? <laughs> My name is Lars. And I'm Jared. Welcome. And we, yes, that we are, this is our podcast. We're the hosts. <laughs> We're the queers. <sighs> We're so many things. The Nero Spicy Queer. So... <laughs> Hey everybody, guess what? Jaren got Era's tour tickets. <gasps> Yay! I'm gonna go see Taylor Swift. I'm going to see her sweat. I'm going to smell her deodorant. I am so excited. The next 15 months, Nicholas looks at me and goes, you cannot make this your entire personality for 15 more months. At least hold off for nine months. Yeah. And I was Are like- Are you kidding? I was like, what? Are you kidding? The- somebody could have a child by the time this tour by the time right, we you're get like, to go uh, on this tour. mediocre at best yeah <laughs> yeah and i, I am will really excited for you by the way uh, happy you. oh happy day and oh happy day and this this <laughs> handsome man goes did you know that less than one percent of hoosiers that signed up to get tickets did not get a code and i just was cheesing so hard and he goes did you get a code and i was like um nope he goes did you get tickets and i said i did and he goes oh my god tell me about it and i was like i was gonna tell you on the podcast but okay. i kept saying no you did it no you did it and i was like I did shut it. up shut up they're on my phone i couldn't even believe it and the uh, I will tell you all how much I spent on those tickets when they are paid off. Later. Yeah. When they are paid off. So hopefully you guys will forget about it. <laughs> I, I do want, I will say that since I bought the tickets, I have already put $500 towards Good. those tickets. See? You got this. Yeah. <laughs> The cost, the cost, of, the cost of lodging in that area. I, I look at Nicholas. Yeah. And so, so how much? How much? Uh, what's our budget for uh, hotels? Since uh, we didn't talk about budget and for like, tickets, no. and he goes, uh, <laughs> "Well, uh, a couple thousand. And I said, "Well, we're looking at like four grand for two nights." At hotels? At hotels. So not Airbnbs. Oh. I know you might want to bite the bullet. Oh well. <gasps> Airbnb situation is not good either. So, so what, what about if you do it now? Oh, I've been. I trust. You've been me. looking. Trust okay. me. I am a planner. Sunday we went on a little day trip. Yeah. And I spent the majority of our first half of the drive on my phone looking for lodging. Where'd you go? Just to Michigan. Oh, no big deal. No big deal. Where? Uh, well, we were. Nicholas was looking for a dog friendly beach. Okay. And then we got sidetracked and went to Potato Creek State Park. And then decided Potato Creek Potato State Creek Park. State Park. I know, well, because potatoes. 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 Then, We're at in Michigan. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Well, off of Michigan Lake. But okay. Lake Michigan. We never ended up making it to anything. Because we would get there, Google would be like, Yeah, it's dog friendly. We'd get there, no dogs allowed. So then we'd drive oh twenty God. minutes this way, no dogs allowed. And then drive the 20 minutes over here and then it was just like we kept getting farther and farther north and nicholas was like what what do you what do we do and i was like let's just grab some food and go home yeah it's okay and then he was like but this whole day we i wanted us to do this and i was like right. I, I get that but it's like one o'clock we <laughs> we left like two three hours ago and if we were to spend oh. some time here at the beach or find any beach how much time are we going to be spending because we still have to get home 
Yeah. And not that we have to do anything, but like, I don't want to be getting home late. Yeah. So we stopped yeah. at a park that was basically just a sidewalk <laughs> with between like two trees. And we sat yeah. on the bench and I, he was, I was like, well, you know, we did say we were take, we were going on a surprise trip. So surprise. <laughs> surprise. He goes, you know, it's so crazy. God made beautiful earth and then people put fucking boats in the water. he goes it's like it's like a car in in the in the in the ocean yeah well obviously not an ocean but this is a lake i mean lake michigan looks like a fucking ocean Uh, uh, well yes yeah yeah not only do i think that's weird but you know what i thought about earlier today Mm. you know it's so fucking weird is that we have electricity up in the air yeah is that not like that isn't isn't that weird where our heads hurt all the time (sighs) that's because of the 5g you think so? I, 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 mm, theory. I'm, conspiracy theory. I mean, let's just say that <laughs> ever since 2018, mm, life has been difficult. <laughs> True. Technically, since I feel like it's 2015. I know. How? I, I had my emotional breakdown in 2014. So. Oh, wow. Somebody was ahead of. <laughs> Somebody that was, was a little ahead of, of schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Testosterone has made my butts um, smaller. The testosterone is helping your thyroid. It is, and so I think your butt is getting smaller because that is excess weight coming off. Right, that too. But testosterone also distributes fat differently. Where where is it expect your dick? <laughs> Where's it gonna go? <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna a little that, bit that puss um it's <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but hold no, on okay. this is what i imagined <laughs> for anybody for i was gonna say for anybody who's not on video on video we're not on video <laughs> for everybody who is listening okay okay Oh, that was good. I flipped my head to the side and then just stretch your lips out. Like, stretch my lips out. Yes. Um, they, it, it redistributes, like making everything look more broad and boxy. Um, like, so broad as in like your shoulders? Yes. Shoulders. You get the big triangle, little triangle. Yeah. Instead of of the hourglass. Yeah. Which even even then, men that like want to work out and have like what uh, what society says is a pretty body, right? They big chest, big shoulders, snatched waist, (laughs) and then a I love that, and then thick ass thick ass thighs with a big old juicy dump truck and it's like you want to look like a woman just admit it and that's okay <laughs> just say it just, that's okay just, say it just accept it and say it and move on oh my god yes and a couple episodes ago not a couple when heather was on here on the show i was talking about how oh it was the um we peaked mommy issues episode when <laughs> when i was talking about gay men calling their chests like titties and like mommy milkers and stuff yeah it's like come on so okay i have to admit i would like to take my phrasing back because (laughs) (laughs) i would like to take my phrasing back because 
Uh, Tuesday is Titty Tuesday. It's when I do chest. And That's I, perfect. I love I that. Oh, my God. I, I, I worked out really hard, took a picture of myself, sent it to Nicholas. He didn't respond. Sorry. He didn't respond. I, right? d- I don't smell anything, okay. so you're fine. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you even. <laughs> I checked myself. I was like, mm, do I risk it? Oh, I just farted, too. Oh, good. There you go. Hell yeah. Toe tap. Great. Oh, I the, like your socks. Your socks are thanks. so like woodsy. <laughs> Wilderness. They're very um they're like there's like um lumberjack aesthetic. Yeah. Very lumberjack. Thanks. Yeah, I came your, with your right from work. Your hairy, obviously. Your hairy legs. I know they're so hairy now. <laughs> Look at this thigh. Look at all that hair. <laughs> Nicholas was like twirling uh, the hair behind my leg one night and I was like please don't do that nobody's ever done that that is so unfamiliar it tickles and, but then I was like I need you to do it because I can feel you doing it even though you're not doing it so put your hand you there like it. yeah and I was like Sexy. And, and then he he did a little bit and I laughed and then I was like no don't Put your hand there and fucking twirl it. <laughs> twirl my leg hair. So anyway, Tuesday, I took a picture of myself, sent it to Nicholas. He didn't respond for several hours. And then later when I got home, I was like, hey, you know, we were joking around about like, oh, so I sent you pictures of my tits, but you didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I was playing games. And I was like, yeah, but that thing, that that Fitbit on your wrist, it lets you know when you're getting a text message from me. And he's like, who doesn't tell me? It doesn't show me the picture. And I was like, doesn't matter. I sent you... You th- right. I, sent you, I sent I sent you pictures of my tits. Please respond. <laughs> it's nice and rainy out now. Oh you my hear god! The rain. You guys, you guys. Fall is teasing us. Fall, <laughs> fall. <laughs> such a horror. Is... <laughs> Hollow horror. <laughs> it's teasing us like a little slut. No, it's just giving you just the tip. It is. <laughs> It is because it's nice and chilly today. Oh my god! I don't know where you guys are, but in Fort Wayne, the last week it has been like cute, so cute. Like the weather that we had as kids around our birth time. Yes. And so I'm like, ooh, like my birthday is coming up. Uh, the color orange is going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Pumpkins, Halloween. We are walking into the the big boys of the year so we've got mm-hmm. your your embers and burrs ember uh, september october november december you got your sages you got your scorpios you got your, you got your libras what and, else and 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 the f- virgos virgos yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry sorry virgos i just had one really bad experience with one they're great people just i would not date one that's where dozer came from also it is 74 degrees so that to us that's chilly and that's real sad oh. it feels chill like cooler than that it, it does feel so much cooler than that Ooh, it's gonna get in the 90s next week fuck that anyway so right well, see this is the tease that this happens tease. every fucking year they're like here's a little bit of fall yeah and then here's a little tip here's, and here's my little titty here's not. here's a little nipple <laughs> God, i'm out of control you are out of control and i love it so much <laughs> I, I, I am halfway trying to respond to this text message i'm this so line. sorry okay. please hold it's okay we're going to take a moment. Do you have anything on the roster you want to tell everybody about your week? Went to a going away party that was bittersweet with a... Oh, with, right, for Des. For Des. Okay. Someone who I met through the coffee shop. The coffee shop that he works at? The coffee shop that I work at. And it was 
really nice to see them. And it was nice to meet some people in her life that were really good people. They're going on to do better things and have a new adventure and hopefully have a better living situation. So excuse me. That's all that I, that's all that I want for them. So good luck. Des. Good luck. Desi. We uh, hope your trip down to Florida. Can we say that where she's going? Sure. Hey, well, Des, you didn't tell us. We couldn't tell anybody. You're, you <laughs> We're not saying specifically Facebook. where they're going. What's that? We didn't say specifics. Just oh, Florida. right, right. Florida's well, a big it, old state. It's a big it, penis-sized yeah, state. And it was all over her Facebook page. Like, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Florida. Okay. <laughs> You're going to Florida. Good luck. But I, I packaged up a little bag of stuff that she would need on a road trip because you never know what could happen. Uh, you know, nope. you never you know what could happen. You could shit your pants in the car. <laughs> you could have a flat tire. <laughs> you could run out of gas. <clears throat> That's cute. That's so thoughtful of you to do that. Thanks. Oh, almost dropped my so water. I got her like a, a headlamp in case like they get stranded on the side of the road. If it's dark out. You got a, a, I got her um, some painkillers. I got her some painkillers, pe- like just like aspirin. Oh, I was like, you just gave her case. pharmaceutical drugs. No, I meant like she can't ibuprofen, cross state lines aspirin. With that <laughs> I know, right? Um, deodorant, like a mini size deodorant, just in I case. Love travel size containers. Yeah, um, travel size anything. Some snacks. Some snacks. I'm, I can't remember what else I got them, but you are such a nice person. I put it together because I feel like, like, what do you really get somebody who's going away? Um, a U-Haul. Yeah, I could have. I could have. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not putting that <clears throat> on my responsibility. Um, I just feel like that was something that I would have liked myself. Yeah. If I were going somewhere, okay. Who was what's what? It's unfamiliar. Okay. You know, like a little bit more like some comfort things that you know, like just in case. That's a good thought. You know? Um, mental health, I'm fine. Um, what day is it for no smoking? Oh, that's right, you guys. Uh, today is day 18. Wow! Woo! A woman at the, uh, not the gas station, the grocery store yesterday was, uh, she had a, a coupon for Marlboro's, and she was mm-hmm. like, excuse me, do you smoke? And I was like, today's day 17, I quit. And she's like, oh, good for you. And I was like, yeah. Good yeah. for me. Yeah. It's been really easy i'll find my i'll find myself being like i oh i used to smoke a cigarette at this time yeah well i don't do that anymore so So past tense we're using past tense yeah so now i just gotta like do something else nicholas and i high five each other every night and one night he goes i feel like i've gotten a lot closer to you since we quit smoking and i was like say that again i'm so turned on yeah (laughs) Do you think it's because maybe you're doing something together that's like life changing? Yeah. We're like uh newlyweds all over again, but we Aww. haven't even gotten married. It's yeah. like it's like, oh, like high school puppy love. Yeah. It's so cute and it's so intense. Intense. And it's like this is like a part of me that's like being a bully, it's so dumb. Yeah. Dumb in like a like like if I were a cool kid. That part is a cool kid. Yeah. And I get you. He's like, love is so stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, I I know. And yeah, this is what I want. How's your head? Good. Oh, is it? Yeah. Your head's good? I think so. I have a little bit of a headache. <laughs> but, but other than that, my mental health is pretty good. I have a... 
<laughs> Lars missed the point. It's okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I usually do miss the point because I'm so oblivious sometimes. And um, what do they call that? Um, I mean, I have a headache. Gullible. But... What? No, not gullible. That's not what I want. That's Cuttable? not the word. It's okay. Go ahead. I um, have a event coming up in Indy this weekend. Your horror, horror hound. hound. Oh, I got it right this time. And I'm going to be going by myself. Okay. I haven't taken a trip by myself in 15 years. And I'm staying in a hotel. Oh. I'm driving there by myself. It's okay. only an indie. That is really exciting to me. It like feels this so rain. Good. Like this rain. I need to go get a sweater. <laughs> Sorry if you guys can hear the rain in the microphone. I'll, I'll do my... i shut this? Nah, I think you'll be okay. okay. I... I well, I don't know. I can't hear because I turned off it? the thing. Maybe Just half a little of bit. it. Yeah. Oh. We can talk about that later. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Back on topic. You're going away. So, Horrorhound, 15 Horror years. Hound, 15 years. This is my time. first trip alone. You're staying at a hotel. Um, I think it's important to go places by yourself. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And I am volunteering, so it mean, that means this essentially I will be helping celebrities get to where they need to go. You're going to be like an usher. Doing line control for like autographs and tables. Yeah. So I'll get to meet some new people. Hopefully make some new friends. Meet some cool people as like as like celebrities as yeah. people. But there's um quite a bit of other volunteers. So I'm excited to meet some some cool peeps. Awesome. You know? Yeah. In a nutshell, my mental health is is good. Good. Because I have something to look forward to. And that's that's exciting. Yeah. And I'm here with you. Oh, my God. And we're going to oh, talk sappy. about some stuff today. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about today? Oh, my God. Okay, everybody. We're doing a Ranker episode. If you don't know what Ranker is, it's kind of like... It's that cool sore on your face. <laughs> <Canker laughs> Think of Kinker sore. Ranker. Kinker. Ranker is kind of like Reddit, uh, but the audience is the one that uh, vote on the popularity of a story or an article. So yeah, you go first. Okay. I chose an article about how cities are designed to be psychologically damaging. <laughs> Lars, when we were, we, we, we met together and be like, okay, that's all he said. And I said, that's it. That's got my vote. Bring it to the <laughs> that is the one that I want. Yes. This is going to be about how living in a city presents a lot of problems for people who may be unprepared for urban life. So like okay. when every time that a person experiences cities who are not used to cities, it's always very jarring. Yeah. Especially from experience for myself. Mm -hmm. Like when I visit bigger cities, like even going downtown Indy mm -hmm. or Chicago, my st the stimuli around me is always very overwhelming. Yeah. We're talking about like places where you can pound some pavement. Yeah. And one of the things that always is anxiety ridden in my eyes when I am visiting cities is the streets and like the one ways. And that was also one of the reasons why it, or on here that they listed, was mm -hmm. that city streets are designed for cars rather than pedestrians. Oh, yeah. We give up so much earth Yes, for vehicles, which yes. just destroy the earth. <laughs> yes. So sad. Um, according to a survey by the, commission of, by the Commission for Architecture and the Build Environment in the UK, 85% okay. of respondents say the design of a street can change an individual's mood. If the design of a street is more inviting and friendly towards the needs of pedestrians, it makes 
residents feel much better about living in an urban area. So essentially, modern cities are designed for cars, not pedestrians. Right. And so it hinders the distance that people can travel on foot. Mm -hmm. So you think about people would much rather walk. Mm. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, like much rather walk than have to take transportation. Right. I used to tell people that I was going to move to Chicago. And the first thing I was going to do when I got there was sell my car so that I could rely on walking and maybe public transportation to get to places Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to rely on a vehicle anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you think about New York City or LA <laughs> and you have people walking those crosswalks uh-huh. and there are all these cars like you've got you've got the bus system, mm-hmm. you've got taxi drivers, and, Uber and then drivers. you have Uber drivers, and then you also have just like individual cars, even though that there aren't many because mm-hmm. too expensive. Too expensive. Yeah. You know, so yeah, if you have a car in a big city like that, you got money. You got some monies. Oh, you got you got more than McDonald's money. You got car money. You got you got car payment money. <laughs> no. Yeah. Lucky you. Cities alter the body's ability to produce and pr- process dopamine. Now, further upon that is that according to researchers at Hammersmith Hospital London, living in a city diminishes dopamine levels in the body and changes the way that people interact with their surroundings. The repeated stress of living in a high-density area combined with social isolation can alter the dopamine system in an unhealthy way, um, either by producing more than the body needs or far less. Like they're saying, like, as you're, like, as you're walking through the city and you're, interacting with all of these people and then you see all these cars going by like you're having to increase your what's that stress cortisol Mm -hmm. because you're constantly having to make sure that like you're not gonna get hit right right (laughs) you're constantly in fight or flight well not fight or flight you're constantly in survival mode yeah because your your physical body is is always going to potentially be in danger in a larger city yeah like um when you're uh, when they're working on a building and they have those scaffoldings out on the sidewalk, I don't know why, but I always get so excited walking under those. I'm like, <laughs> I could die right now. <laughs> this is this is more dangerous than being on the street right now. Right, and one thing that is good to point out, and like for Fort Wayne, like when I go to downtown Fort Wayne, it's very clean. Mm-hmm. So in return that makes me feel good and better because I'm proud of my city, but also just as a person living and breathing in. This is something that we do experience here in Fort Wayne. Okay. Poor sidewalk design and maintenance discourages physical activity. Yes. Researchers have found that people who live in more walkable areas exercise more frequently. Okay. More notably, a good sidewalk may encourage more people to utilize it more often. Mm -hmm. People who live near obstructed or uneven paths reportedly exchange in less physical activity than those who live near large and well-kept sidewalks do you see that sidewalk out in our own in front of my house <laughs> do you think i'm gonna put my fucking you have to like that? it's like a cliff bro i walk <laughs> i walk this block every day with this, with dozer and i still skip and will uh trip going through the going through walking on the sidewalk it does also mention that a study published in the journal of public health shows an association between the conditions of a sidewalk and the neighborhood's poverty level okay impoverished neighborhoods often have poorly maintained paths. Yeah. So that could be like a whole other can of worms right right there, which we won't get into. Certain architecture keeps people away from public areas. 
Okay. Hostile architecture is characterized by designs that are impractical or uncomfortable. Among the other things, that purpose of such architecture is to prevent loitering and restrict social interaction. Okay. It also minimizes interaction with localized wildlife. For example, in some suburban neighborhoods, large spikes are installed on tree branches to prevent birds from perching. <gasps> some complaints about the unappealing appearance of these spikes focus on how children may be prevented from climbing those trees as a result. So you're dealing with a really almost human nature when you prohibit some of these things from happening. So like children climbing trees, birds perching. Right. There's also been talk of benches with spikes in them Uh that come up at night. Well, for to prevent homelessness, right? People who are homeless to be sleeping on them, right? And there are like um, concrete spikes in like underpassways under Mm -hmm. the highways to prevent them from seeking shelter. So instead Mm -hmm. of instead of dealing with the homeless population and giving them the resources that they need, they're just preventing them from having any sort of shelter in the city because it makes because because if uh, if anybody were to be driving through the city and they were to see homeless people sitting outside that's going to get a bad taste un- undesirable part of like yeah the city and then it, it scares like you said it scares people away right because we don't want you to know that the cost of living here used to be so great and now it's starting to increase because everybody wants to live here yeah um this can also be connect like when i think about these things i always i immediately think of our disabled community there's literally no place for them to interact in any space especially if the city's not mindful of the sidewalks and architecture can prohibit them from like seeing certain concerts or seeing like a festival or seeing art shows or anything because they can't physically get there if they're in a wheelchair if they're in any sort of mobility device. It's extremely hard. Living in a city causes people to perceive more external stimuli as perilous. Perilous? Mm-hmm. Full of danger or risk. Okay. People deal with stress differently depending on where they live. According to a study, Dr. Andreas Meyer Lindenberg and his team at the Central Institute of Mental Health in Mannheim, Germany, the amygdala, the part of the brain that assesses warnings and fear, works overtime for people living in the city. In other words, those who grew up in urban areas develop overactive amygdalas that suggest more stimuli in the brain is perceived as a potential harmful matter. Furthermore, Dr. Meyer Lindenberg and his team found the brain scans of people who live in the country show far less activity in their amygdalas. Though this does not definitively prove cities are bad for mental health, it does suggest that those live those who live in urban areas are generally more stressed. Because it's almost like just part of our ancestors going back to the way things were, mm-hmm. you know, when we first became upright, where mm-hmm. it's just, you got your land, you got your cows, <laughs> you got your chickens, <laughs> you've, you, got, you know, you've got, you and pigs. you're not surrounded by just everything like there mm-hmm. you know like technology plays a huge part in that too right because you're always hearing something mm-hmm. there's no silence ever anymore and you're never truly silent in your house at night because there's still electricity like you just talked about earlier mm-hmm. that's just always in the air yeah high-rise environments have a negative impact on a person's mental health studies have shown that people living on the top of large apartment buildings experience level higher levels of stress than those who live outside of high-rise environments well i mean yeah you look down from that fucking window and you see how high up you are and then your brain starts to go hey have you thought about death or jumping out of this window (laughs) no kidding okay barbie the the design of buildings and living space are 
are to blame for the negative impact, not just the high density because the designs inhibit social interaction and does not provide green spaces for residents. Wow. So like you're just kind of living the industrial life. The concrete. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an apartment complex that was developed across the street from my first house downtown and they have fake grass in the center. Sick. AstroTurf. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. No. Lack of parking is also a huge um, issue for mental health. Because, like, you'd be driving around for 30 minutes and you're trying to find a parking spot at some places. That's really aggravating. (laughs) It is. It is. And at the same time, I'm like, it's kind of a first world problem. But we are talking about cities being psychologically damaging. So, yes. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Keep, Keep telling me about how... Our first world is psychologically damaging. They said many people said that they either pull off going somewhere or completely give up on their trip. (gasps) That's stressful. City dwellers are at at an increased risk of mental health problems. So um, if you live in a city, there there exists a greater possibility of receiving a mental health diagnosis. Yeah. So one researcher said that this form of urban depression comes from the way cities are separated. Mental illness levels are especially high when people come people from a lower income group live close to people that make a higher wage. Mm-hmm. So kind of intertwining everybody. And I felt that. Uh-huh. Because you're comparing your wealth to other people's mm-hmm. wealth. The researcher told Design Council, city dwellers have at an almost 40% increase of depression, over 20% of more anxiety, and double the risk of schizophrenia compared to people who live in the countryside. I, I'm not I'm not saying that this information is incorrect, but do you think that maybe there might be a slight, and I don't think that it would be big enough mm-hmm. of, to make a difference, but small town people tend to have more narrow-minded thinking about mental illness. And so like your casual depression, anxiety, when those things come up, do you think that maybe they would just be like, oh, like you just got the blues today, you'll be fine. Yep. And they just kind of push it off to the side, but they don't address it. I definitely think so. And so maybe the people that are in the city are a bit more assuming progressive, democratic. So, you know, wellness is more important to them. And so, you know, I feel a certain way. I'm going to go deal with it. Mm -hmm. Or do you think, okay, yeah. I definitely do. Yeah. Not only is like the environment itself causing, increasing the cause for these things, but also like the people that are in those environments are also more prone to check in and take care of those things. Yes. And listen to their bodies. Yes, I think so. I would agree. That's a good point. Last one is living near a park or a green other green space can provide health benefits. According to some studies, spending time among nature provides health benefits and reduces sal- salivary cortisol, the psychological <laughs> marker for stress. Oh, it's not like you're getting cortisol through your saliva. No. Oh, okay. I think that's just one <laughs> I think that's just the hormone that <laughs> the person it's, it's the real hormone name. <laughs> <laughs> oh she she moans that name yeah salivary salivary <laughs> <laughs> so i think we all can agree that exercising increases you know ador- endorphins uh-huh. and and endor- and, and people it- with endorphins no what what is what is elwood saying exercising co- increases your endorphins endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't kill their husbands (laughs) (laughs) well well if you live in a big city you just might (laughs) so naturally having green spaces um, encourages exercise 
provides a space for social socialization and increase the amount of sunlight that a person receives. Yeah. So some hypotheses that there is an increased interaction with a range of microorganisms, including bacteria, protozoa, protozoa, and helminths. You make my heart go boom, my supernova girl. Oh, I was, I I don't know. I was trying to say with you. (laughs) Protozoa is an alternate plural. Oh, mm-hmm. polyphyletic group of single-celled UQ. Okay, oh, never mind. This has something to do with cells and parasites. Um, well, I think that's what that's what they're getting at. Oh, okay. Um, because it goes on to say that these microorganisms are abundant in nature and may be important for immune system development and for regulation of inflammatory inflammatory responses within green areas. Oh, okay. So those are some of the ways that, you know, dis- cities are designed to cause us psychological damage. Yeah. Because so- we're not getting what we need as far as like nutrients, as far as like sunlight, as far as like your socialization. Our socialization. Your we're overstimulated. Greenery. We're stressed out because we can't fucking park. One thing that they didn't mention that I was surprised was pollution. Yeah. Pollution is definitely, that's very depressing. Oh. Not having fresh air Bro, all the time. I, I drive behind a truck and I see black smoke coming out of it and I immediately just get depressed. Yeah. Because, and it's coming out of the street when you're walking? Um, I don't know the name of the brand, but there was a man who um, who created a baby stroller that uh, was meant for big cities because it filtered air pollution for the child. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Super. I'm going to talk about the Woolpit Green Children. And I have an article that seems to be a bit longer than I expected. So if I read quick... I am so sorry. Who are these children? So one of many strange and unexplained mysteries of the world surrounds the sudden appearance of two children, a girl and a boy, who climbed out of a wolf pit or cave just outside the English village of Wool Pit sometime Mm. in the 12th century. So that is what? The 12th century? Uh Uh-huh. So this wasn't recent? Oh, no. Jesus Christ. All right. This is even more fascinating. This real-life mystery, which has long been part of the English folklore, I love that word, Ooh. has baffled and intrigued historians. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this folklore has baffled and intrigued historians, folklorists. Ooh, I love that word. Science Ooh. fiction devotees and others for nearly a thousand years. There are two near-contemporary accounts of children of Woolpit. One comes from William of Newsburg, historian uh, Rerum and Gillicarum, um, which was written sometime... Oh, it was a book. Which was written sometime around the year 1189. And the other of Ralph... Mm. The other is Ralph of Cogshells, Cornicium, and the Cornicium? Yeah. Wow. And the Calinum. I don't know what these words are, you guys. They were obviously made like 800 years ago, which was written in circa 2012, 1220. William of Newsburg, in particular, was skeptical of the table, the tale. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now no, that motherfucker, motherfucker that motherfucker right there is not, not real. real. <laughs> I am very skeptical of that table. 
don't know. William of Newsburg in particular was skeptical of that tale, but had heard about it from so many reputable sources that he decided to transcribe it. Ralph of Cogshell, mean, this is okay. Okay. We're just going to get into it. According to William of Newsburg account, the children's mysterious okay. appearance occurred sometime between the reign of King Stephen, which was from 1135 to 1154. The children climbed out of what was known as the wolf pit or wolf ditch, which uh, were named, which were built as an animal traps. New Newberg wrote at harvest time when the harvesters were busy in the fields gathering the crops. Two children, a boy and a girl, emerged from these ditches. Their entire bodies were green and they were wearing clothes of unusual color and unknown material. As they wandered bemused over the countryside, they were seized by the reapers and led into the village. There was no mention of the green children of Woolpit and whatever that big thing is, however, which deals with English history up until the time of Stephen's demise in 1154. Because of this manuscript, does children nope does describe other strange events in English history up to that point? The absence of any mention of the green children of Woolpit suggests that their appearance may have occurred during the reign of Henry, King Henry II, which was 1154 to 1189. Instead, I don't know why that matters, but anyway, Ralph of Cogshell said, uh, did not say uh, when this mysterious appearance was supposed to have happened. He claimed that he was told the story by a man named Richard de Calne. Little is known about the Calne. Little is known about this person. He reportedly was wealthy landowner at Wikes and something, but he had a night. Okay. He was around when the children were found. Okay. Maybe you brought the children there. <laughs> um, according to the girl, the children came from a world called St. Martin's Land. What? The girl eventually learned to speak English, so they couldn't speak English. I, I can barely speak English right, right now, but they couldn't speak English. Once she did, she explained that she and her brother came from a place called St. Martin's. According to William of New Newburgh's account, the land was named for a saint venerated was named for a saint venerated by the people who lived there. Um, in St. Martin's Land, everything and everyone was bright green colored, despite the fact that the sun never shone. The light instead being more like a misty twilight. The girl <gasps> claimed that across a considerable river from the St. Martin's Land, in, in, in the in, 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 inhabitants... The first thing that comes to mind is Martians. That's what I thought. Or like they were consuming something that, that was made turning them green. them green. Right. Like if you eat enough carrots, you eventually get an orange hue. Yeah. But you got to eat like what? 10,000 pounds of carrots? But that could have been their only source of food. Spinach. <laughs> Cabbage. Cabbage. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah, because that, that'll go through them a lot easier. Yeah. The girl claimed that across a considerable river from St. Martin's Land, the inhabitants could see a bright land. Both Ralph of Cogswell, Cogshell, and Williams Newburg assumed that this would have been land around the wool pit. St. Martin's Land also said to be Christian world with churches. The girl's oh. description has sparked many suggestions where about where St. Martin's Land might be located. These have ranged from it being on another planet to another ground world in the middle of the earth to ooh, to ooh. another village in England or Western Europe. In 1998, 
So more recent, oh, Jesus. a researcher named Paul Harris published his theory about St. Martin's Land in 14 studies, spelled with an A. He, uh, he believed the children lived in or near the English village of Fornham, St. Martin, hence the name St. Martin's Land. This village was only a few miles from Woolpit and was separated from it by the River Lark. The problem with this theory is that the river lark is too narrow to really fit in the girl's description of a considerable river. But if you're little, it could be looked right. to you as huge. It's, it's all about your perception, right? Yeah, yeah. Although the girl knew the name of her homeland, she did not know where it was relative to Woolpit, nor did she know how she or her brother arrived in the East Suffolk village. In William of Newsburg accounts, um, the girl claimed she and her brother were tending to their father's flock when they suddenly heard a mighty din, such as we often hear at St. Edmund's, when they say the bells are ringing out. Yeah. They recalled that when they focused on the noise, it was as though they were out of their minds, for we suddenly found ourselves among you in the fields where you were harvesting. <gasps> so, like, a trance? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, my God. Come little children to me. What is the what's the chant that um Hocus Pocus? I don't know that movie well enough to even yeah. Damn, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The with, uh with, um Sarah. Sanford's sisters. Yeah. yeah. San Sanderson sisters. Ralph of Cogshell's um accounts differ slightly, although he agrees the children were tending to their families flock when he wandered off he goes on to claim that the children were overwhelmed by Woolpit's excessive sunlight and tried to find the cavern that they had emerged from but were unable to do so when the children were discovered they were taken to the home of a local wealthy landowner who was identified in ralph of cogshell's account as sir richard de Calm. Uh, they were offered many different types of food all of which they refused I, okay now I'm, I'm remembering this story okay. all of which they refused as if repulsed by the offerings, despite the fact that they were said to be near starvation. Finally, they right. were offered some raw beanstalks, oh. which the children recognize as edible, perhaps because the beanstalks were the same, same green color as the children, even though they weren't familiar with them. They looked for the beans by ripping open the stalks rather than the pods. These beans were only the only thing the children would eat for months after they had been found. And then... um there have been many theories about the some reasons behind the children's green, green skin color. Some theories suggest that they were not human, but rather fairies or aliens, like oh Lars had suggested. Fairies. In the 12th century, England, fairies were commonly accepted as an identifiable species. In his post in the Green Children of Woolpit, Garth Halsam says that events described in the two near contemporary accounts fit with the beliefs many people had about fairies at the time he pointed out the fairies were thought to be supernatural beings that who were es essentially human in appearance and that the girl's description of saint martin's land would be similar to what people at the time thought a fairy would be like okay um there is a th belief that they were trapped by fairies oh um which seems a little bit more something that you'd see on like a sci-fi show yeah. Um, where like the fairies make they make a deal for an off they exchange sorry, they exchange something for um a human child and then they would raise the fairy the the child as a fairy. Should be the the fae. Is the fae is what we're referring to as fairies. Like yeah. the fae. Yeah. 
Um, one of the first to speculate that the children were aliens, Robert Burton said that they fell from heaven in his book of 1621, um, called the book of, oh, the, called the anatomy of melancholy. Another person who believed that they were extraterrestrials was Scottish author, astronomer, Duncan Lunan, a 1997 interview with the independent said the records state that the children came from a planet where the sun neither rose nor set. That's what gets me. They say that they were from a, a place where there was no like hardly any sunlight. Yeah. Now, would, like twinkle in the in the in the yeah. Like air. what could that have possibly been if you were unless you were like completely covered in trees? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like the, the area that they were in was so heavily wooded into the thick of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Into the thick but of the, it. The sun still needs to set though. They're from another dimension, yeah. another time. That's creepy as fuck. Maybe they walked into a wormhole. I don't know. But black hole. <laughs> they would die. You can't a green hole. A black hole. Um, the records say that the pink oh, hole. There was a bright territory on horizon. Um, from that, you can work out that this planet was always facing the sun. He was on to theorize the children, quote, didn't come in a flying saucer, but physically, physicists friend of his said that the conditions could have allowed them to be instantaneously transported. I was thinking they could have um, experienced a um, a phenomena, a phenomenon. Okay. How do I say that word? A phenomena of where you are. One person says that they're experiencing something and then somebody else is like, yeah, I'm feeling that too. What do they call that? I don't remember. Oh, mass hysteria. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Where they like they both like pass out for some reason and mm-hmm. then they wake up and they're just like mm-hmm. But they're still fucking green. Right. So <laughs> that could just be a coincidence. There is a theory that they may have um come into contact with arsenic. Ooh. Um which could be yeah. a- account which could be held accountable for the children's green colored skin. Mm-hmm. Yet um another theory about the children's green skin is that they suffered from hypochromat hypochromic anemia, a.k.a. chlorosis. This condition is caused by a very poor diet that affects the color of the red blood cells and results in noticeably green shade of the skin. It doesn't explain... That could be possible. Right, but it doesn't explain them recognizing beanstalk, so like lima beans. Yeah. And then not eating the beans from the pods, but eating the stalk itself. Right. I would be more inclined to believe that it was a diet. Right. Yeah. Like you said. Um, Flemish people in the early 11th and 12th centuries immigrated from England to the northern Belgium. Um, As Paul Harris suggested in the 14th studies, the children were among some of these immigrants who were were English-born children of immigrants. Harris believed their parents may have been among the many Flemish people who were taken out by King Henry II's troops in the Battle of Fornham and St. Martin's. So uh, Mm. this is about the—this is uh, discussing the— the language that they were speaking. Yeah. But again, they were able to learn English. They are under the assumption that it was a Flemish. <laughs> Flemish. <laughs> that it was a it was Flemish okay. that they were speaking. Okay. However, um nobody close to the village in in St. Martin could speak recognize it. the language that these children were able okay. to speak. Okay. Yeah. 
If it wasn't Flemish, Harris suggests the children could have been speaking an English dialect that was unfamiliar to the people of Woolpit. And in the 12th century, many different dialects were spoken in England, depending on which region or country right. someone came from. If someone accepts this theory, it seems unlikely that the children would have lived somewhere around Woolpit, as someone in the village would probably recognize a dialect spoken in nearby countries. The girl survived into adulthood. Oh. Um, it is not clear how long the boy lived, um, but he did perish shortly after he and his sister were baptized. <sighs> Not that baptizing had anything to do with his death, however. <laughs> oh, no. Ralph of Cogshell, however, wrote that the boy, quote, was always languid and depressed and therefore did not survive for the very long in Woolpit in suggesting that only the girl ended up being baptized. Um, the girl may have married, but there is no real evidence of her husband or who he actually was. And there is a book um, by Duncan Lunan called Children of the Sky, a speculative interpretation of medieval mystery, the green children of Woolpit. No, now this says Duncan Lunan wrote a book about the 2012. I bet, no, yeah, that's definitely 2012. The girl may have grown up to become a servant mm. who had a wanton nature. What the fuck's a wanton nature? Like a wanton nature? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, okay. I'm see wanton. I'm hungry. So that would be like, let me see. Like, I feel like that means um, deliberate and unprovoked. Yes. Of cruel intentions. Sexually unrestrained or having many casual relationships. Sexual relationships. A sexually unrestrained woman. So she's a woman in total control of herself. Yeah, basically. She's a witch. So she was sensual. That's my kind of girl. I mean, that's me. I'm wanton. Same. And <laughs> I wonder if that was because of abuse or I was just trauma. thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they could have easily taken advantage of her when they took her in. Mm-hmm. Which was common back in the in the twelfth century, those medieval times. It was very very common for that stuff. I don't want to say it because yeah, it's triggery. But I want to learn more about these children. Do you want one to yourself? No, I just want to know why they were green and where yeah, the hell they came from. I want to know more. It's hard to interpret things that are so old like that. I'm thinking. They looked green because they had like olive skin complexion, which technically is green. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well, not really. It's not. It's not green. It's. But why green. would they say like it's an undertone? Right, but why would they say green? Why wouldn't they say olive? Because they probably didn't have that word back then. Olive skin. Beauty standards are different now. I don't know. I know, but I feel like. It's true, but still, let's, let's it's look just... at it this way. Twenty years ago, people were saying, and I we do not talk like this. I want to make sure that people know that twenty years ago, people would say that Asian people are yellow. True, I get what you're saying, but they still just there's lots of holes in the theories, right? Like, why didn't your parents come looking for you? Right, I could be wrong, but well, I was just going to say that maybe there wasn't a a huge standard or practice of looking for children like we look for children now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe it was just, well, you were abandoned, so we're just going to take you in 
Right. I'm sure communities were very close knit still, mm-hmm. and they would have been able to by mouth probably find their parents because everybody knew you couldn't you couldn't wander off very far without hitting somebody and fi- like finding a family or finding a community. That's you true. know what I mean. Like yeah, no, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Or they probably just walked right through a timeline. That's what I'm thinking. So that is <laughs> so that's the green kids. <laughs> so that's the wool pit kids and psychologically damaging cities. Yay. Yay. Spirit <laughs> fingers. These are not spirit fingers. These are spirit fingers. Mm. I'm see I'm doing it so fast, you can't even see me do it. I love that movie Bring It On. So good. I was thinking of the meme that I saw on Facebook the other day where it's from not another teen movie, and it's that old woman and the the respectable. I've it's never the seen old that woman. You haven't movie. seen it, okay? Well, an old woman and a teenager make out, okay? And it's really disgusting. <laughs> and the meme said, "I think it was like me when I'm teaching my alien how to kiss, or me when I'm alone, <laughs> me when I'm alone with my alien." And it's it's just a. A picture of the two of them on the couch because if you've seen the movie, you know what they're about to do. I'm not trying to kiss an alien. Oh, I okay. Would you? Yeah. 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 Oh wait. I mean, what does the alien look like? Like a gray. Uh, if kissing means finger touching, sure. But I am not putting my mouth. <laughs> You're not touching ET's like lips. Because <laughs> see, she looks like the alien. Oh, are they making fun of um, Cruel Intentions? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen Cruel Intentions, but I oh, know that that is... I watched that when I was a kid, and I probably shouldn't have. That was like a sexual awakening movie. Yeah. I definitely yeah. shouldn't have seen that. When I was a kid, no. No. Mm. Anyway, what movies did you guys watch as kids that you weren't supposed to watch? And what was... What, did you have a sexual awakening film? Because I did. <sighs> like when you started to be like... Mm making me a little hardy i don't know but when nick lachey and jessica simpson did their reality season <laughs> and i saw nick lachey yeah without a shirt on oh yeah and i went yep i am definitely gay there is no going back after this yeah. at that up until then it was like i think i am what are these feelings what do they mean and then i saw him without a shirt first episode of their show and i went mm-hmm, yep like, yeah, I, buddy. I said, okay, Jaron, well, we're going to have, we have to deal with this now. There and, you go. And I was too young to be worried about those things. Yeah. My sexual awakening film was only you with Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. Everybody's got their thing. <laughs> Everybody's got a thing. I like when they, they, they look well seasoned. Oh yeah. Like older men. Well, I, I, I like when they look like they've had a rough life. All right. Some struggles. Gray. I, I, some wrinkles. Uh, maybe like, you know, a couple blackheads. <laughs> what the fuck? No. I, well, okay, let me put it this way. I, uh, I'm going to, I'll say this and then that'll be it. I saw a picture today on Facebook of a couple where one was older than the other. Totally fine. Cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't care. But right. it was the one that was younger that had botox filler interesting and i i go that's what i'm not into i do not like when your face looks like it has never moved (laughs) 
I want to see wrinkles. I want to see age. Yeah. I want to see a, a, a weathered face. Some experience. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, he looks too much like uh, one of the Franco boys. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, everybody. Don't know how long this episode's going to be. <laughs> We we started spiraling and talking, and I <laughs> oh, looked, damn. looked over, and it was an hour and a half, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. So. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yes. And you same. learned a few things. Yes. And I hope that you guys had a nice week and that you were enjoying the warm weather that we're about to be having this week, because the summer is not yet it's not over. over yet. But Even we are putting up Halloween decorations in a couple weeks, and so I hope you are, too. And until then, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week, you guys. We love you so much. We love you so much. And uh, you will see us next Monday. And this is us signing out. Bye. Bye.